good to meet together to worship God. A big welcome, and if you're joining us online too. Well, we've all been given a voice, and however good we are at singing, let's, uh, let's put it to the task this evening of praising God, our great creator. Our first song is Creation Sings the Father's Song, and in the first verse we praise God that he is the great creator. In our second verse we praise God for his great plan of salvation, and in the third verse we praise God that he's going to return, and that this broken world is going to be renewed. What a great day that's going to be. So let's stand and sing praise together. Bible reading this evening is Psalm 8, and in the Church Bible that's found on page 400, 
and 50. We're going to read Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honour. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Well, let's pray together. And I'm going to use some, some words from Psalm 104 to start us off. He's been describing all the greatness of God's creation and the detail, and he says this. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Lord, we want to come this evening in that spirit of worship and praise to our God. Lord, there is none like you in heaven or earth. There never has been and there never will. Lord, you are worthy of all of our praise. You are worthy of all of our adoration. And all of our days will be too short to give you the praise you are worthy of. Indeed, eternity will be too short to give you the praise you deserve. Lord, we are amazed at your creation and uh, we've wholeheartedly believed Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And Lord, we are amazed at the wonder of your creation all around us. The world in which you have placed us is the world that you have Made As the great architect, your plans all came together. The strength and the power of the vastness of the universe just spoken into being at your command. You are the great engineer of precision who has created the details of our cells in our bodies, of the cells in every living creature. You are the artist with... Uh, vibrant and colourful flair. Lord, you are a genius in your creative power that you spoke and it all came to being. 
You're the God who has made uh, the fragile things of life, us included. You're the God who has made the things of strength and greatness, the mountains, the power of the sea, the power of the storm, the silence of a baby's breathing whilst asleep. Lord, you are far beyond and above our imagination or our thinking and you're worthy of all of our praise. You're the God that gives to us and we thrive and live. You're the God who takes away and we curl up and die. We are dependent upon you, Lord God, our creator and sustainer for every breath that we breathe, every mouthful that we digest, every movement that we make. We, in him we live and move and have our being. Lord, how great you are. And yet the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Lord, we thank you that the God who uh, said, let there be light, is also the God who has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, so that we no longer say there is no God, but that we see and that we know and that we believe that the God of the Bible is the one who was, who is and who is to come. Oh Lord God, in our hearts this evening, stir in us uh, a heart of worship and praise to you, Lord God. That in your great mercy and your great love, you sent the Lord Jesus Christ, your only Son, to redeem us, to buy us back from our sin and our lostness, to bring us into your kingdom. Lord, we thank you if you have opened our eyes to see the truth about us and the truth about you. Lord, we thank you that if by your grace we can say that I was lost, but I've now been found. Lord, what amazing grace that is. There's nothing that we deserved or earned, but it's all free and of your great favour. Lord, if it was left to us to search you, uh, our own free will is just to choose to... uh, Go astray. There is none righteous. There is none who does good. We are all dead in our sin and we have needed your power to rebirth us, to regenerate us, to give us faith, to give us repentance. And Lord, we praise you if you have done that for us. So Lord, accept our thanks. Our daily lives are teeming with your blessings. Our cup runs over with your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for health and strength. We thank you where health and strength has been restored to us. We thank you for the way you provide our daily needs. We thank you for our families. We thank you for our children, for our friends. We thank you, Lord, to live in a country where there is peace and safety, where there is plenty. Lord, we thank you for the variety of food that you have created We thank you for the opportunities to work, to earn a living, to be able to pay our bills. Lord, we thank you for education. We thank you for friendships, for good relationships. We thank you where people go out their way to do good in the community. 
Lord, we are so blessed with so much. And we acknowledge that all of it uh, comes from you in your kindness and in your grace toward us. So, Lord, accept our thanks this evening. Amen. We're going to continue in a theme of praise as we sing our next hymn. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hand hath made. And after that, Alan will lead us in our second Bible reading. Let's stand to sing.
Let's read the word of that great God, shall we? In Revelation chapter 4. So we're looking to read from the word of God, Revelation chapter 4. That's page 1030 in the Church Bibles. Uh, And just to explain this passage, it starts after this. Well, the after this is referring to the previous two chapters where John has been writing to the seven churches. So, Revelation chapter 4. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and round the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Round the throne were twenty-four thrones, and seated on the thrones were twenty-four elders, clothed in white garments, with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, and rumblings, and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass, like crystal. And round the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all round and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is, and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives for ever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives for ever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. This is God's word. Thank you, Alan. Let's pray again. Lord, we have just had a small window into the activity in heaven and we have read of the worship and the respect and honour that is given to you and we're just so so distant from that. We are so far away from that in our own attitude and thinking. We feel like a world away and we are in many ways 
And we know that in your greatness and your power you could just consume us because of our disrespect, of our rebellion against you. And Lord, we thank you for your patience with us. We thank you for your mercy towards us. And surely in the hearts of those of us who are your people, there is that longing to be there. Now we see things so dimly. And yet your word says that one day we will see you face to face. That though weeping may endure for a night, there will be joy in the morning. Lord, what a great day of joy that will be. How distant it might seem to us at the moment, and, and yet the closer we are to you, the closer that reality feels. Lord, what a great day that will be. And Lord, I pray that in our hearts there will be a longing to be home. To remember that we're just passing through in this world. To remember that the things of this world are passing and are perishing. And what counts is what is ahead. To be with Christ, which truly is far better. Lord, we all hope to have a a long and healthy life. But we're not guaranteed that. And something far better than that would, would be to go and be with you right now. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to live in the light of eternity and in the light of your return. And to see that the day we truly arrive is not when we get a certain amount in our bank or own a certain amount or have achieved certain things in life, but that rather we are with Christ. And for that joy that is ahead of us will be the fuel in our tank to endure the hardships and the trials of this life. To press on so that as we thought this morning we can say we with God's help have fought the good fight and now we're home. Lord, how amazing that will be to hear the Lord say to us, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord and we, we just don't, when we look at our lives, we just don't see that that would be a particularly appropriate summary of how we've lived but Lord I pray that in the remaining days that you give us our heart's devotion will be towards you and to your kingdom to serve you, to honour you and not to waste another day living for ourselves oh Lord I pray that you'd transform us and work in us, work through us we pray Lord bless each one here with that kind of heart. Lord, we pray that in our view and estimation, your greatness will just be magnified hugely so that we become salt and light in this dark, tasteless world. Oh Lord, help us, we pray. Help our children, help our young people. Lord, oh, we don't want them to grow up as entitled children so easily offended when anyone says anything that they don't agree with. But Lord, I pray that you'll do a transforming work in their lives so that they'll be robust in the truth of God's word. So that the roots will go below the rocky ground 
into deep and good healthy soil where there will be lasting fruit and a stable life for God. Lord, help those in the middle of life with all the strains and pressures and decisions and worries and doubts. Oh Lord, bless them with a, an enduring heart to keep going, to trust in you, to live by faith and not by sight. And Lord, for those who are coming towards the end of their race, Lord, help them to endure with the struggles that perhaps the later part of life may bring. Uh, do help them, Lord, to, to trust in you and to continue serving you in the best way that they can. Lord, bless this church. Bless the gospel proclamation from this church as it is preached each week. Lord, we again pray for the lighthouse coming up and for camp. Lord, we thank you for answered prayers over this past week. And as our, our theme and our thinking has been about that, those different types of ground, Lord, we pray that your seed will fall into good ground this com- in, on camp. And Lord, we just ask that your word will be uh, life-changing and powerful in the lives of people. Lord, help John and Mark as they so often preach to us. Bless them, Lord, with that uh, knowledge of your word and understanding. And as they preach, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will take your word and that you'll plant it deep in our hearts in a way that changes us, in a way that transforms us. Lord, help us to be patient as we see the kingdom work is often gradual and often sometimes disappointing. But Lord, we know there is a harvest, there will be a harvest and people will be saved because the work of the cross will not come to nothing. But everyone for whom Christ has died will be saved. Lord, we thank you for that. What an encouragement that is in our evangelistic work. Help us not to judge people as to whether they are uh, will hear the gospel and respond. But Lord, we pray for a faith in the power of your word. So Lord, help us. Bless each one. Lord, if we're doubting, Lord, give us that confidence in your word that says, I, I believe in the word of God. I don't understand it all. I haven't answers for all the questions. Our God is far greater than that. But Lord, help each of us to come to a settled faith and trust in the Lord. Help those who are lonely. Lord, draw alongside them and, and bless them. Encourage them to keep going. And Lord, through this church fellowship, may many people be blessed with love and encouragement, we pray. So hear our prayers, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before John preaches, we're going to sing again. And um, this, this song really asks, who's like God? Who's, who's as powerful? Who is as great as him? And it really encourages us to humble ourselves, to bow down and worship him. And it will do us so much good if we, we can so often be so full of ourselves, can't we, and taken up with ourselves. Let's humble ourselves. Let's, let's put ourselves down there in, in our estimation. Raise up God and to worship him. It would do us so much good. So let's stand and sing this song together.
we're made to look above ourselves, aren't we? We're we're made to uh, be taken in by something grander. We're made to worship. When I used to do school assemblies, um, there was a, a period when one of the main themes would be for the term awe and wonder. I don't know if it's still doing the circuit, awe and wonder. And there was edging that way, really, that, that sense in which it was just right for us to say, wow, be amazed by something bigger. And when that's taken in a bad direction, things get messy. It's sad when we twist that sense of worship to other things or even inwards on ourselves and things go wonky and awry and twisted. But when that's taken in a good direction, ultimately taken up with God himself, then things are as they should be. Things are in the right place. There's a sense of rightness, there's a a liberty, if you like, there's a belonging, there's a satisfaction, there's an exhilaration. And in coming Sunday evenings, we're looking to be taken up with a spirit of worship in the right direction. We'll be doing so by being drawn in, hopefully, to some of the worship songs of heaven in the book of Revelation. Uh, The YP holiday ended on a note of worship and I understand it included the thought of what our singing will be in the future. Well, that's where we're going to be going uh, this evening and in some of the weeks that follow. Uh, Tonight is the first of at least three, uh, possibly more, although I suspect the camp week will be different um, next Sunday evening. And there are distinctives in the songs that we should look at in Revelation. And tonight is about uh, singing to our Creator. But I hope it will also sort of set the scene and, uh, if you like, shape our hearts in the right direction for where we're going with the series. So we read in Revelation 4, um, in the chapter... We're with John the Apostle entering through a door into the throne room of heaven. And his mind is taken up away from the the suffering of the Christians of the first century, uh, up from the, the struggles of the churches that he knows and loves. And he gets a peep into what's happening where God dwells. Some of it is picture language for us. And what clearly is at the centre is the throne, verse 2. At once I was in the Spirit and behold a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. God is at the centre of things. And as the vision unfolds through the chapter, different things are around the throne. 
there is a a, a rainbow which has a, a sort of a jewel-like shining sense to it. There are 24 elders on 24 thrones. There are four mysterious living creatures. That got you thinking perhaps as we read about them which seem, if you connect it with Ezekiel, to represent the cherubim, a high order of angels. But all of them are described as around the throne, verse 3. Around the throne, verse 4. Around the throne, verse 6. God is at the centre and they're just uh, concentrically around him as if you like drawing attention to him, magnifying God. It is a place of ceaseless worship as they seem taken up with the power, with the eternity and with the holiness of God. Verse 8 Day and night they never cease to say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The first song that we're looking at this evening is at the end of the chapter and we shall especially be looking at verses 9 to 11 although especially 10 and 11. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to him who is seated on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So we're thinking of these 24 elders. Well, who are they? And what do they represent? They're symbolic. They're symbolic of all the people of God across Old and New Testaments. Twelve is the number of the sons of Israel the way in which the, old pe- the people of God in the Old Testament were sort of arranged. Twelve is the number of the apostles. In Revelation 21 you have two lots of twelves and this is who they represent there. Verse 12 of chapter 21 and part way through it says and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. And in verse 14, it talks about twelve foundations and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So this is representative of, of all those who've gone ahead in Old Testament and New Testament type who've been taken to glory and who are taken up with the worship of God. And as we see what these elders are doing, it will help us to take us up to the highness and the majesty of God out of the midst or even through the midst 
of our own difficulties and disappointments and discouragements. Three things to especially notice about them. The first is this. I think you might need to do it right. I think this morning this wasn't working properly. I don't know, I haven't turned it on. Let's let's leave it at that for now. Their actions. Verse 10, their actions. When the eternal living God is praised, this is what they do. Verse 10. The 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne. They fall down. It's an act of worship. Uh, We struggle to relate to this, I think, don't we? It's not so much in our culture, we don't uh, show deference and respect uh, like this. Perhaps in royalty sometimes you see it but it's not common it seems out of place elsewhere in our culture I I remember um, when I was back at work in Kent County Council and uh, the personnel staff in social services they were, were introduced to the director of personnel and training in social services who was quite a, a senior position and uh, one of the uh, personnel workers in our team said have a, have a sense of awe about the situation and when she was introduced she curtsied and she never heard the last of it she was uh, pulled her leg for months afterwards that she said we don't do that we don't show respect and deference in that way but it was more prevalent in that culture and here they willingly bow down it is the right reaction that they feel and they don't feel the inhibitions that we feel and they willingly bow down to him who is seated on the throne. The one who lives forever and ever. The one who was never made. The one who is never deteriorating. The being of eternal life. And they bow down in a sense of heartfelt worship there's another part to their actions as well as falling down uh, prostrate before God they cast their crowns before him I think that's very striking they cast their crowns before the throne there's a Christian music group called Casting Crowns It's a a great name, I think, and it's drawn from this, Casting Crowns. Maybe you uh, love the hymn, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling. And it ends like this, Change from glory into glory, Till in heaven we take our place, Till we cast our crowns before thee, Lost in wonder, love and praise. Casting Crowns their crowns. There's a sense of deference. People used to say or do say sometimes I take off my hat to you. In other words, you're you're better than me. I respect you. I admire you. But there's much more to it than that. This is a a crown. This is what's 
This is what's best about you. This is what's special about you. This is your dignity. This is a symbol of your prestige and what you value and your importance. And when you grasp the highness and the majesty of God, well then, we, we throw it down before him. It's as if it's nothing compared to him. It's all from him. It's all owed to him. Our crowns are cast down. Our, our accolade, our, our reputation, our qualifications, your A-levels, your degree if you've got one, your position in your organisation, your status, your wealth, your bank balance, your property, your assets, is nothing before him. It's as if you just cast it down as nothing, inferior before the Lord from whom everything derives. He is the one to worship. Their actions are to bow down in a sense of heartfelt worship and to cast their crowns before the throne. I'm hoping as we look at their reaction, despite the discouragements, disappointments, difficulties of life, we're feeling a sense of, yes, of course. See it clearer now. That's how it should be. That's what I want to be taken up with. There's their actions. I'll give it a go. Their praise we come on to next. Their praise, we're in the first part of verse 11. They are taken up with the worthiness of God. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. In the English, in English, the word worship really means worship. They're taken up with the worthiness of God. They worship God. It's not the only time we come across this word worthy as we pursue our series. There's the things that God deserves. It's a, a consciousness of the, the, the weightiness of God, his, his worth of, of high credit. They want God honoured. They want God praised. They have a heartfelt desire for three things. They have a heartfelt desire for God to be given glory. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth. Sorry, I've gone to the wrong verse. Worthy are you to receive glory and honour and power. They want God's reputation to just shine as it ought to. They want God to be boasted about. They want a, a huge chunk of glory to be assigned to God and seen to God. Worthy of glory. Worthy of honour. There was nobody of higher honour. There was nobody more deserving. They want regard and reverence to be accredited to God. He is worthy of glory and honour and power. Does that mean giving God power? 
Well, we can't give God power. God is omnipotent and almighty. We've already been told that a few verses earlier. So it's not giving God what he hasn't got in terms of power. It's acknowledging his power. It's deferring ourselves to his power. It's been taken up with the power that he has and willingly yielding any authority or power that we have to his Sometimes we resent people being honoured and glorified. Perhaps you do with God. Perhaps you say, well, why should God have all this attention? Is he an egotistical maniac? Why should God have all this attention? We resent people having honour and glory when they don't deserve honour and glory. When they want to have it themselves but there's no reason for it. But with God it's just what should flow to him. It's what's right. It would be unjust if it didn't. It's as if the mountains would scream out if it didn't happen. God of course deserves. We're only doing what is right to give him glory and honour and power. So their praise is taken up with God. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. Are you finding an echo in some of these things as we go through them? Is your... um, innate desire to to worship something sort of being untwisted and pointed in the right direction? Is your blurred vision being clear to see, of course, this is the way it should be pointed despite what a mess my life is at the minute. I'm going to look upwards and be taken up with the Lord. Goes on to give the reasons why he is taken up with such a, or they are taken up with such a spirit of praise. Their reason. We'll see other reasons in the weeks ahead. But here they're taken up with a spirit of praise for a reason that goes to nobody else but God. You have a four in verse 11. They want God to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So here, and this is the distinctive of this evening, it is God's work of creation which is especially in their minds as they sing this song in heaven. Something which is increasingly, and I think bizarrely, overlooked on earth these days, but which is a point of adoration and occupation in heaven. Do you find creation something that stirs you to praise?
The songwriter did, didn't he? In the psalm we looked at, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The word creation seems to be used less these days. Don't know, people speak about nature and they speak about the living world they speak about the planet if they're thinking reasonably local and it is those but I don't know about you but I, I like the word creation because it's got a pointer in it I think this is why it's not used so much it is pointing to a creator creation created there's a work that has happened takes us back to the very first words of the Bible in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. It points to the, the wisdom and the beauty and the power of God. It's been a pointer to those things ever since, as it says in Romans 1 verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. What did he create? I've been reading on in Revelation, my Bible reading, and in chapter 10 and verse 16, it, it, it uh, breaks it up nicely, verse 6 rather. talks about him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, the sea and what is in it. Uh, what have you created? Think about creation a bit. What have you created? Well, you've created nothing out of nothing, have you? But you've used some things and perhaps you've made some things as you think back. What's your best achievement? Well, DIY is not my strong point, as many of you know. So I was thinking back to what have I made. Well, and I came up with... Um, probably equivalent to year seven or year eight, uh, design tech or whatever they call it, woodwork in those days and I made uh, a little computer console out of a mixture of hardboard and chipboard and wood um, for my computer. These were the early computers, I, this will mean something to you in your 50s or late 40s, I had a, a ZX Spectrum, so I had a little area that was for my computer that was about that big, the way you loaded games in those days was through tape recorder. So I made a bit for the tape recorder. And uh, the games, what were the games on? Did you download the games? No, the games were on tapes and took about five minutes to load. So I had space for my tapes and then the wires all went underneath. And, oh, in some ways it was reasonably smart. But I don't think I got a good grade for it because I'm not very handy. And I, I have it lasted a few months and it was never even stored in the loft. It's gone in some rubbish place. And that's the high point of my creative work. Others of you are, are very creative and I admire your work, look up to your artistic ability, your craftsmanship. But the best thing that you've made 
And God has filled the heavens, that is the that is space. Isaiah 40, verse 26. So if you felt slightly, ch- I don't feel chuffed at my computer console, but if you feel slightly chuffed at some of the things that you made, then like John was, was suggesting, uh, come down. I think you will find you will come down. De- you'll be deflated, I'm afraid. Well, I'm not afraid. I'm quite pleased. It'll be good for you in the context of this evening. God created and filled the universe. Isaiah 40, verse 26. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these things. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. He filled the skies. Perhaps you've flown recently for the first time. You've been on an aeroplane. They're amazing inventions, aren't they? To go in this thing, to get up speed on the tarmac, and to be in something so big and metal and heavy and to be flying and looking down. But of course, things were flying centuries before aeroplanes were going up and things are flying around with much more nimbleness and dexterity and God filled the skies with birds of all sorts of beauty and they, your planes don't sing, don't let the birds sing. They reproduce. Easy jet planes don't produce little easy jet planes. And God has made these things. He created them. You think of the, the seas... Psalm 104, we've had prayed over. I'll read a bit later. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things, both great and small. Well, I popped down yesterday to the Crowborough Angling, uh, Crowborough District Angling Society 75th anniversary that was just down uh, by the lake at the uh, little bit down the road. And uh, there were some people catching fish. It tied in nicely with our Sunday morning. In fact, I too saw two fish come in while I was just having a few minutes walk around the lake. And I was talking to somebody about what's in there and he said, well, there's a good mix in there. There's the carp and there's perch and there's roach. Good mix. And a little lake like that. It's a little part of what God's made in water. Well, there's a good mix in a, a little lake. What, a, what about Buell? How much... Uh, how much life, so how much, how many fish and sorts of things in, in Buell? What about, uh, go one of the Great Lakes, uh, Lake Michigan? How much is, what about the Channel? How many fish and sea creatures? What about the Pacific Ocean? With its thousands of miles breadth and its miles and miles of depth. O oh Lord, how manifold in your work are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. The land. We play the game, don't we? I'm thinking of an animal. 
And uh, there's a quite a lot to choose from. I know we end up going to the sort of the, the well-known furry common ones in the game, but there's quite a, a lot to choose from. I had a look. National Wildlife Federation recognised 5,400 species of mammal. Well, of course, animals is miles more than mammals, but we often think of mammals in the game. 5,400 species of mammal created by God. Different kinds that he has brought into being. And then there's us, the pinnacle of creation, made in his image, as some of you heard this last week. Creation. God has created things. Get a sense of his power, his intelligence. But it's not just in this verse the power, uh, the design, there's the authority that comes with it, the, the, the credit, the, the highness, the initiative. For you created all things, we've thought about all the different things, and by your will they existed and were created. They are, we're here by his will. That's why we exist. It's not as a result of a mindless big bang. It's not as a result of man of random macro evolution. By your will they existed and were created. It is through the mind and design of God. It is through God speaking and bringing forth by the word of his power. And that's why we exist. And without his thought and his plan and his power, we would not be. We're totally dependent on him. We're only here because of him. He is our maker. In previous years, people used to talk about going to meet your maker. I don't think people talk so much in that way anymore. It's not the the consciousness that people have. But there's a truth in it. We're going to meet our maker for whom we're accountable to, who made us, who brought us into being according to his will. And that's why we exist. And it brings with it a sense of indebtedness, a coming under. We're, We're derived, we're sourced from God. It's the ultimate reference point. And that's not just us, it's, it's everything. Everything that you can see. And the billions of things you can't see. And they came into being because of his will. And because of his creative work. And so in contemplating the great creative work of God, it brought low but taken up with his highness and they want to bow down before him and they want to cast their crowns before him and they want to accredit to him glory and honour and power. We're suffering from dim eyes and a dim mind, we are so often. We find we need revelation to prod us, to clear the air, to give us a good view. And you find that as you have that view of God and his creative power, it stirs you to worship, stirs you to sing, 
Then sings my soul, my Saviour God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Well, we're going to be able to respond in song now. We've got two songs to finish. Uh, They follow on nicely from where we've been. Um, They're ones that we haven't sung as a congregation for a good while before, but I think they're both well known enough, I hope so, in different connections for a good number of us to be able to really sing these things with our heart. Uh, The first is the older Sunday school chorus, which is based on uh, this verse, You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, O Lord. And we'll sing that one through twice and then we'll sing another song which came to my mind, a well-known older hymn, which I think fits in well, which is All Creatures of Our God and King. So we'll stand to sing through these two songs.
are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Amen.